Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas. Yoradeya Chelik Sheni, Kilchois Kilei Begodim, Halacha Gimel, Parav Gimel. We dedicate the learning today, Leilu Nishmas, Chayigitol Bas, Reb Mordechai and Sorel, and Reb Yehuda Reb Avraham, and Reb Shimshon Reb Yaakov. And Lilu Nishmas Rebeliez of Reb Nosni Yaakov, Yente Fradlbas Rebbe Shoyarie, Harini Kaporas Mishkovon, Zahavalei Bas Rebbe Avrom, Sipkorifka Bas Rebbe Hillel, and for a comp- and all the others that need an Aliyas Neshama, and for a complete Rufur Shalema for all those that need it, including Chavid Achana Bas Galia, Rochel Bas Galia, Noyen Achama Bas Galia, Binyamin Yitzchok, Ben Liba Margaret, Shena Taibo Bas Miriam, Levi Elchana Ben Yael, Chaya Shufia Shoshana Bas Sora, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Daniel Boruch Ben Sora, Aviva Chaya Bas Esther Mendel, David Yishayo Ben Sora, Avigail Brocha Bas Shira Dvoira, Hillel Yisrael Ben Sora, David Lei Ben Shena, Avram David ben Chana, Sora Gidl bas Chana Riva, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora bas Hadassa, Gitaganendel bas Sipoira, Lebalea bas Sipoira, Aviv Elano bas Yisbehendel, Sorocha bas Yisbehendel, Yehudis Ruchama bas Chavarus, David ben Behia, Shendel bas Leia, Behia basia bas Shendel, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Eliana Goldo bas Chafega, Ayelet Shoshana Bas Chanaleya, Shlomoy Ben Rivka Shprinza, Leib Ben Zhenya, Yurachmiel Ben Sivya, Yurachmiel Avram Rachavya Ben Dvoira, Yurachmiel Ben Dvoira, Besoich Shar Choyli Yisrael. Once again, this halach is based on chapter 64 in Likut Imran, where Rabbein Ezal speaks about the creation of the world, the Cholol Haponui, the Shvira Sakelim, Continuing Vialkain Bimkoin Mitzvah Mutter Kilaim Bibagodim. Based on what we've been learning till now, we can understand why, if it's within the framework of a mitzvah, there we're allowed to have kilayim in clothing, such as in tzitzis, when there was tchelis. Kegoin kilayim betzitzis u bigde kahuna, kilavushe mitzvah, hengabachinas almadasi. Because a garment of mitzvah is like olam haba in a sense. Ki kol haba. Because one of the ultimate purposes and goals of all the mitzvahs is to prepare us for olam haba. As it says clearly in the Torah, that why should we observe all the mitzvahs? So that said it'll be good for us. And the Gemara says, This refers especially in the future world. And then in the future world will be revealed, will be able to understand the secret of the Cholol Haponui. How wool and linen can join together. As we explained in the previous year, that wool and linen represented ayin and yesh. 
wool was the concept of iron, the tikkunay dikna, and linen <coughs> was gevurois dinim, that was the concept of yesh. V'yalkein bilvushe mitzvah shemichin esayilom haba muter kilayim. And therefore, in a garment of mitzvah, which we say now represents oilam haba, their kilayim is permitted. Ki oz yizgava zeh hasoit shel chololaponoi ech nechlolem boi shnei hafachim kanal. Because in oilam haba will be revealed the secret of the chololaponoi, how it's possible for two opposites to be correct. Shehim bechinas tzemer upishtem. Avol achshav, However, now, while we're still in this world, we cannot understand that. And it's forbidden for us completely to delve into it whatsoever, to try to understand it. And therefore, in ordinary garments, which are not garments of mitzvah, it's forbidden for us to mix wool and linen together. Because now, while we're in this world, we cannot understand this secret of the Cholol Haponui, how Ayin and Yesh are really one, and, and how Tzemeru Fishtim are also really one, and it's forbidden for us to delve into it at all whatsoever. Paragraph Dalit, Vialkain, and therefore, Achshav, now, Achar HaChurban, when we are living in a time after the destruction of the second base Hamikdash, Ein Lanu Shum Heter Lil There is no option for a Jew today to be allowed to wear Kilayim. Ki Ein Lanu Big Kahuna, because we no longer have these special garments that the Kohanim wore while they were doing the service in the Beis HaMikdosh, v'loi tcheles b'tzitzis. And we no longer have tcheles in the tzitzis. Ki b'zman sh'beis mitzvah sh'yekayon, ha'yuchoylem b'sha'as ha'mitzvah l'hasig b'chinas al-madosi. Because while the Beis HaMikdosh was in existence, it was possible Within the framework of a mitzvah, within tzitzis, within Big Day Kahuna, it was possible for a Jew to achieve a connection to Olam Haba. And that's when this secret of the Cholaponi will be revealed. However, now that we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, we cannot understand that at all whatsoever. We're not allowed to delve into it at all. Because when do the Jewish people have real das? When we have the Beis Hamikdosh, Shehu Bechinas Das, the Beis Hamikdosh, which is a center of das. As Rabbi Nezal mentions this in chapter 13 in Likut Imran. There's a famous quote in the Gemara where the Gemara says, Kol mi Any person who has das, it's as if the Beis Hamikdash were built during their time, showing the connection between the Beis Hamikdash and das. Now, Rav Nosan Zal just made a flat statement 
that we do not have tcheles in tzitzis. There are some people in Breslev that use this as a proof that Rav Nosenthal said that after the Churban Beis Hamikdash, there will not be tcheles available. There are those that say that this is not necessarily a proof. Rav Nosenthal was saying this based on what, what was during his lifetime. At that time, it wasn't, it wasn't available and could be now it is available. And there are two tracks in Breslov itself. There are those that wear tcheles because one of the earlier Breslov leaders, Reb Avram, Reb Nachman Tulchin, had a meeting with the Radzina Rebbe. And after that meeting, he started wearing tcheles, whereas Reb Avram Sternhartz, who was one of Reb Avram Kochav Leizal, who was also one of the major leaders in Breslov, did not wear tcheles. So their students did, and their students didn't and don't. Question in the chat. Is there any way for a person to determine in advance, like to know in advance, if their questions have an answer so that it's a mitzvah to delve into them, or they don't have an answer, so it's a mitzvah to put those questions aside and rely on emunah? The answer is, number one, there are certain sfarim that are known to delve into these types of questions, which, which some tzaddikim said do not have answers. And those foreign should be avoided. Rabbi Nezal said, stay far away from those foreign. Whereas the kosher foreign, those, the questions that are brought in there are obviously questions that we're allowed to answer, delve into and to try to understand. Here again, a person also needs to study from a rabbi who knows, number one, which foreign we stay away from, we avoid, and which types of questions we avoid. Question, those who wear tcheles today, do they wear shatnas in their tzitzis? The answer is definitely not, 100% not. And as they, no one wants to take that chance that if chas the tcheles isn't real tcheles, then certainly we would not be allowed to be mixing wool and linen. Paragraph A, the Kayin Hogamboze. Now Rav Nosenthal goes back to the story of Kayin and Hevel. We saw earlier that Hevel brought a sacrifice to Hashem from sheep, which means also wool, whereas Kayin brought an offering to Hashem using pishtan, flax, linen. So Rav Nosenthal points out now that Kayin was poigim in what we're learning about here. Vehevi mipsoilis. He brought from the cheapest item at that time, Shehu Pishton, which was flax. Kamashikosov, as it says clearly in the Torah, Vayove Kayin miprihu adoma mincholashem, Hashem. And our rabbis tell us in the Midrash, Shehevi mipsoilis. He brought from the cheapest item, which is Zera Pishton, flax seeds. Rav Nosenzal says that Kayin wanted to delve into this paradox of the Cholalaponui, which we saw in the previous year, is tied into Pishtan. How it's possible to find Hashem, to see Hashem in the Cholalaponui also. 
And that's why he brought an offering from Pishtan specifically. Because the concept of a korban, a sacrifice, is revealing Hashem. Whereby we sacrifice and elevate the korban to its source, to Hashem. And that results in a revelation and an elevation of the holy sparks and the divine presence that's found in that object, that sacrifice. The Kayan Kayan wanted to reveal the divine presence in Pishtan, which represents the Cholalaponui, as we saw in the previous year. That's why he brought a carbon from there. And this is why this was a terrible mistake on the part of Kayan. He, he did major damage. He also lichnois l'shom klal, because it's forbidden for us to enter into that area at all whatsoever and to attempt to reveal the presence of Hashem there. Because we cannot understand that. We cannot reveal that. And it's about this that the Pasuk says and the Gemara says, in that which is above you, do not analyze it. There is a certain honor of Hashem that must be hidden. Because the life force of Hashem that's found in the Cholol Aponui is very, very hidden. And therefore, regarding that, we have to rely only on emuna. And that's why the Pesach says that Hashem accepted and received the sacrifice of Hevel with, with goodwill, and Hashem turned away from the sacrifice of Cain. Because it's as if Hashem turned away his divine presence from the Cholo Haponoi, which is the sacrifice of Kain, which is the Pishton. And therefore, most certainly to Kain and to his offering, Hashem did not turn there. Note the wording in the Pasuk, that Hashem did not turn there, Hashem wasn't beaming his light there. Because Hashem vacated and removed his divine presence from there, from the Cholol Haponi, from Pishton. Whereas Hevel brought a sacrifice from the choicest of his sheep and from their fats. That represents the revelation of the divine presence of Hashem within creation. 
Sheshom Iker Hakrobonois Vizkala Selukusoi, and it's within the world that Hashem created. That's where we have sacrifices. That's where Hashem's presence needs to be revealed. Bebechinas Tzemer Klosim, as the wool of sheep. Vialkein Vayisha Hashem El Hevel Velmenchasoi, and therefore the pasuk says Hashem turned to the to Hevel and to his sacrifice. Kishom Iker because that's where we have the main revelation of the divine presence of Hashem. Question in the chat, which Cholol HaPonoi is Rav Nosenzal speaking about here? The one that resulted from the first symptom at the time of creation, or the Cholol HaPonoi that came about as a result of the shattering of the vessels? I believe what Rav Nosenzal is referring to here is the original the original original vacated space that that Hashem made in order for a creation to take place I believe that that's what he's referring to and now we also understand why the Torah tells us that when Cain and Hevel were in the field, Cain rose up against Hevel and he murdered him. What this is implying is that Cain denied the truth, the basic truth, the existence of Hashem. And he murdered his brother Hevel. Because death is also referred to as histalkus, which means removal. Something is removed. This is implying that Cain removed the Shekhinah, the divine presence of Hashem. He removed completely the divine presence which Hashem draws into the Cholaponoi. And that's what resulted in the entire creation, Shenivra Bechachma, which was created with Chachma. Shehu Bechinas Korban Hevel. And, and Chachma, that the, the divine presence of Hashem, that's Chachma, that's the Korban of Hevel, Bechinas Tzemer Kvosim, the, the sheep's wool. Whereas Cain, because he entered into the, the analysis of the Cholol HaPonoi, which is compared to the flax, that's why he got lost over there. He got confused. To the point where he went ahead and killed Hevel, and removed him from the world. Because Cain was trying to remove the divine presence of Hashem, which is revealed within the Cholol HaPonoim. Because Cain came to all kinds of denial of Hashem, as a result of his attempting to understand the paradoxes of the Cholaponli. Because it's about this that the Pasuk says, 
All those that enter into that place will not return. And now we also understand the wording in the Pasuk there. When Hashem goes looking for Kayim, and Hashem says to Kayim, where's your brother Hevel? Kayim's response is, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's guard? Hashem was asking him, where is your brother Hevel? Meaning, where is that divine presence of Hashem, which is represented by Hevel? And Cain's response was, I don't know. Because Cain became completely confused and messed up as a result of his trying to analyze, you know, and, and understand the Because it's forbidden to enter there. But rather, when it comes to those issues, a person has to rely only on faith. And we find the Medrash comments about this, about the story of Cain and Hevel. The wording in the Medrash is that Cain, through his sinful act of killing Hevel, he wanted to get the world to go back to its state of nothingness, of total darkness. This fits beautifully with what Rav Zal has been discussing here, the whole concept of the Chol HaPonoi, and how Hashem really is there, but we can't see it, and we're not allowed to delve into it, etc. Baruch Hashem. Any questions? Rabbi, mm-hmm. uh, I recently had a conversation with someone about this idea of the svarim that bring questions from the Chala Ponui, and that there are groups in in uh, in Torah Judaism to Torah Yiddishkeit that are involved in these kinds of questions, and and sometimes they don't even really know that they're influenced by these questions. So the person was asking me. Is it okay to to be involved with these people? Is it okay to talk to these people? Is it okay to read materials that they put out? Some of the information in there is okay. Some of the information may be coming from this kind of Fakiros perspective. What do you think? My my feeling is that a person should avoid it. Where there's any doubt that it's possibly bordering on this this type of these wrong type of questions, person should stay far away. Rabbeinazal was very, Rabbeinazal and other tzaddikim were very strict about this, that this is extremely dangerous. So that again, if there's any suffolk, if there's any doubt that it's bordering there, Baruch Hashem, there's enough kosher, there's enough glat kosher svarim to learn that a person doesn't have to go into those places. And if there are people who are who are reading these uh, these kinds of materials? Is it upon us to to stop them from doing it, from talking to them, and talk to them, and try and separate them from this? Maybe they maybe they would listen. If if they willing to listen, yes. If they're willing to listen, 
the Gemara says sometimes uh, that just like it's a mitzvah to tell somebody, it's a mitzvah not to tell them if if they're not going to listen. So that 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 you have to try to gauge that. Question in the chat: Is there some kind of a measuring stick? that a person could use to be able to know which kind of questions to ask and which not? The answer is, the best thing is to learn, to learn svarim, to learn kosher svarim. For example, the Likute Aloha is other svarim like this, which have thousands of questions, Baruch Hashem, questions and answers. And they have many questions that we didn't even think of. So there's enough to learn that a person doesn't, have, there are some people who are busy, they're busy asking questions, question, 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 question. Sometimes it's better to just put your head in svarim, in the right svarim that have many answers, that have many questions and answers. And, and that way the person will get the, the pure holy knowledge that they, they should be getting. Question, how does Pishton represent the Cholol Aponui? Rav Nosenzal spoke about this in paragraph Bays of the Halacha that we just learned, when he said that Pishton is Tachlis Hatsimsum. Pishton represents the epitome of constriction, which is Cholol Haponui, because Pishton is Gvurais, as we find the angel Gavriel was dressed in Pishton. That's how Rav Zal shows that Pishtim is super tzimtzim, gvuros, which is, which is cholol haponi. Chalponi is the extreme tzimtzum of lack of, lack of Hashem's light. Baruch Hashem. Halacha dalet. Loisil bashatnei tzemeru pishtim yachdov gedilim tasalacha. Alpima Shekosov Atmarzal Al Posak Vaoirach Tsadikim Koir Noiga. This halacha will be based on chapter 133 in the Kutimran, which is based on a Posak in Mishle, which says the path of Tsadikim is like a shining light. Baklao, to summarize what Rabbeinazal says there. Ki oyer hatzadik vahatoyro godol maoid alfe alofen veribe revovois pomim keneged hoilam. The light of the tzadik and the light of the Torah is thousands and tens of thousands of times as big as the world. And that being the case, ume horoi hoyeshoi tuchal hoilam lahalim lahastir oyer god lazer. If that light is so big, then this world that we are in shouldn't be able to hide that light, shouldn't be able, to, if we say that light is something spiritual, the world is physical and materialistic, the physical blocks the spiritual. But if the physical is one one billionth the size of the spiritual, you would think logically that the physical can't block out the spiritual. Since the world, the universe, even if we want to say it, is tiny, super tiny, compared to this incredible, infinite light of Hashem, of the Torah, of the Tzaddik. Ach, however, 
מחמס שהאוילם עומד בסמוך לפני העיניים, because of the fact that the, that the world is close to us, it's very close to our eyes, על ידי זה העולם חוצץ וסויסן בפני העיניים מלירויס אוהר הגודל של התור והצדיקים. That's what allows the, the world, this physical world, to block and, and, and close off our eyes from being able to see the great light of the Torah, the great light of the tzaddikim. Rabbein Salkisa Moshel, you have a coin. A coin is tiny. My eyes can see a major, a vast spectrum that's in front of me. But if I put the coin on top, right in front of my eye, that can block my ability to be able to see any, all those huge, large things that are in front of me that are much bigger than the coin. Rabbein Azal said that in reference to Taivas Momoin. But here, in this chapter, in Likutim Ran, Rav Nassim Zal is quoting, Rav Nassim Zal is saying it regarding the physical world versus the spiritual. The spiritual is billions of times larger than the physical. However, because the physical is so close to us, it has the ability to block us if a person... partakes in the physical world. The more involved a person gets in Gashmias, the, the more it blocks that person's vision from being able to see Ruchmias, from being able to see spirituality. But a person who has a little bit of brains, and they turn their eyes away a little from this physical world, They don't get involved. They're not spending their time delving into Gashmias, uh, spending all of their time and brain power about how to increase and improve their, their materialism, the, the, the materialistic life. Immediately, that person can receive the incredible light of the Torah and the Tzadikim, the Yireh, and the person will see, shekol ha'olam ke'efes va'ayin keneged oyer ha'niflazeh, that the entire materialistic world is nothing compared to this, compared to this incredible, awesome light. Ki ein koyach b'ha'olam ha'koton hazeh, lachatzois b'fnei ha'olam ha'kotvan oyer hazeh, Because this physical, materialistic world does not have the, which is so tiny, does not have the ability to block us from being able to see and connect to the awesome, great light only because of the fact that it's right in front of us. It's right close to our eyes. If we allow it to be close to our eyes, if we're looking for Gashmias, if we're looking for materialism and, and those kind of things, then that can block us from being able to see spirituality, to see the light of the Torah, the light of Hashem, the light of Tzadikim. Question in the chat. Many people in the other religions practice ascetic behavior and aren't interested in this world. Why don't those people discover the Torah naturally? There's a number of answers for this. Number one, Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people. 
what re, before he gave it to us, he offered it to the other nations and they rejected it. And then he gave it over to us. From that point on, the only way to get the Torah is via the Jewish people. It, it's in our possession. It belongs to us. And there's no direct access of any other nations to the Torah. Number two, Rabbi Nizal tells us that when the, the, the light of the tzaddikim is functioning properly, their words can travel and find their way into the religious books of these other religions. And those people studying those books can find that and connect to it. And it becomes like a rope bringing that person in to the Jewish religion, allowing for Geirim converts to come and join Kali Yisrael. Question in the chat. Research shows that flax fiber is significantly stronger than any other natural fiber, twice as strong as cotton, three times as strong as wool. It seems that this shows the height of the gevura of flax. Interesting. Interesting. Is this information considered hakiras to see how the physical world verifies Torah concepts? Or is it just the way to support our moon and Torah concepts in the physical world? The answer is the Torah doesn't need to be substantiated, to be proven by, by science or those things. If as a person is, is living, a person comes across this kind of information, this kind of knowledge, and it, it affirms what they see in the Torah, it's great, you know, it's, it's okay. But, but there are people that make a project out of this, that that they that they want to sh- they want to use science to show that the Torah that they want to show that science and Torah are not in conflict that they both and and that's a dangerous that's not a healthy place. It reminds me of what I once heard from Rabbi Pinchas Taitz Zechman Avracha. He said to me, he asked me, how do you understand the fact that the Torah is called life? It's a tree of life. And I understood that he wanted to say something, so I, I just listened. So he said, let me tell you how I understand it. He said, the best commentary on life, if a person wants to understand life, the best commentary is Torah. A person will study Torah, they'll get the best understanding of everything going on in life. And then he said, the best commentary on Torah is life. You want to understand the Torah, you want to see the truth of the Torah, live. Live with your eyes open and you will see, you'll see the authenticity, the truth of the Torah. You know, the uh, example that you just gave, that in life, a person's, you know, a person's sewing and comes across this information of knowing that the strongest type of of, of uh, fiber is, is pishtam, Interesting, because we know that semer is chasodim, wool is chasodim, and, and pishton is gevurais. So maybe this is one of the ways that we see that, that pishton is gevurais in the fact that it's mamish, a very strong fiber. I guess what you're saying is that the, the, the word maybe there is the most important word. If I'm going through my life and I see physical behaviors, characteristics that support Torah, Maybe that's a way that we see it, the Torah in the world. 
which means that if I see something that's counter to Torah, I say to myself, well, I guess I just don't understand it. But if I if I see the positive verif- kilu verification of Torah concepts in the physical world as, as being something necessary, then if I see the opposite, then it's going to challenge me. So I just have to make sure that I keep in mind that, that maybe. Exactly. Exactly. I think that the question is a question in the chat that was just answered. Can we elaborate why it could be dangerous to try to prove that there's no contradiction between Torah and science? The answer is because when we can't prove it, when we can't prove it, when it looks to us like they are in contradiction, there are some people that, that there are many people that the Eitzara pushes people towards believing in science more than the Torah. And that's that's terrible. That's that's atheism. That's that's chasvishon, denial of Hashem. That's why that's a dangerous direction to go in. Now Rav Nassim begins his explanation. With this introduction from Likud Iran, we'll be able to understand why the Torah tells us that it's forbidden to combine wool and linen in clothing. Each one by itself, wool separately, linen separately, no problem, we're allowed to wear it. It's combining them together, that's what's forbidden. Because clothing, garments, are a very, very high-level item. As is brought in Sifrei Kabbalah, Sifrei Hasidus, Bifrat, Bedivrei Admar especially, in Rabbeinazal's writings, in chapter 29 in Likut Imran, chapter 42, Because all of the incredible high-level light of Hashem, we cannot receive it, we cannot relate to it and benefit it, benefit it in any way unless it's clothed. Unless it's cloaked. Shehein Iker Tikun Ho'ilamois, Kayodua. And this is the concept of the Tikun of all the worlds when you have the light and the light is in proper, good, healthy levushim, good, healthy garments. There are many different levels and types of garments. Kiesh levushim. There are garments, and there are higher-level garments. Rabbanosan now is giving us some basic, basic concepts in Kabbalah. That, for example, for example, if we talk about a hundred-watt light bulb, compared to a million-watt light bulb, the 100-watt light bulb, which is light, it's it's something that gives us light, is called a levush. It's called a garment compared to the million-light-watt light bulb. And again, a garment is something that covers, that hides light, that covers the light. V'chein le'ela u'le'ela ad ein soif. 
And this concept continues on higher and higher levels. If you have a thousand watt light bulb, the thousand watt light bulb is a lavouche compared to the million watt light bulb and so on and so forth. And the million watt light bulb is a lavouche compared to a billion watt light bulb. Because the real light, the real essence of light is the infinite light of Hashem. The less which the human mind has no perception, no concept of it whatsoever, which is above all the spheroids, above all the worlds, above everything. Because we know that the word oir, the Hebrew word oir, is bigimatria ein soif, infinite. So real, real light is in infinite, infin infinite light. So, and we have no perception of that whatsoever. Only, the only way we have any access to that is through the fact that Hashem, with His infinite kindness, Kaviochel Hashem shrank Himself and constricted Himself and clothed himself with all kinds of different garments and gar and, and more garment garments on top of those garments. So that all of us should be able to relate to Hashem and to be able to get somewhat of some knowledge about Hashem. And therefore, even actual souls, which on our level, we look at that as like the highest level light. Rabbi Nezal in chapter 24 speaks about this, that there's a certain light of neshama that's so high, super high. The light of these holy souls is considered garments compared to the light that's above them, above that. Isa, as is found in the Tikkun Zoyar, this is part of Pasach I believe that we say. Levushin tekin aslohain, Hashem, you prepared garments for them. Deminayhu porchen nishmosen levnei And from those garments come forth souls for human beings. So we see again the light of Neshama, which is such an incredible, super high-level light, that's coming from Levushin. That's coming from garments compared to the light that's higher than that. The whole Halavushin, Shehim Tikun Ha'olamos, Kulam Nistaknen Venim Shochim, Rak Alidei Hatzadikim Ha'amitiyim. And all of these garments, all of these vessels, all of these constrictions of the light, which make it possible for us to be able to relate to this light, all of this is prepared and received only via the true tzaddikim. Shehem Iker Kiyum V'yesoid Kol Ha'ilamais. They are the main force that allow, and the foundation that allows all the different worlds to exist. 
as the Pesach says, the Tzadik is so idolam. The Tzadik is the foundation of the world. This is the entire work and job of the Tzadikim. It's all about Lesakein Levushin Damalka to prepare garments for the king, Kaviochel. Lahamshik Tikunin, Lahalbish Ho'or Ho'elyoin, the Kamats and Sumimulavushim. The work of East Sadikim is to draw this the high level light and to cloak it in all kinds of constrictions and garments. In order to enable all of us to be able to receive that 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 incredible high level light, and what's the ultimate purpose of all of this? So that we should be able to know and believe in Hashem. This is really what the entire service of the great tzaddikim is all about. To bring into the world an understanding of the truth of the existence of Hashem. As the Pesach says, So that all nations of the world will get to know and realize that Hashem is everything and there is nothing, there is nothing outside of Hashem. And Rav Zal says it's impossible for a Jew to get a true understanding and faith in Hashem without this process, without the tzaddikim drawing super, super high-level light and bringing it down in all with all kinds of garments, all kinds of tzimtzumim. Another way of phrasing this is the sparring, the, the Torah that the tzaddikim teach us, their Torah, every word of Torah, every letter of every word is a garment, is a vessel in which is contained the infinite light of Hashem. We'll start paragraph Gimel. And this is the whole concept of clothing made from wool and linen, which are the basic fibers used for clothing. <clears throat> We know the Gemara says that whenever the Torah uses the word beged, garment, without qualifying what it's made of, <clears throat> it's referring to garments of wool or linen. Because garments of wool represent the light of the tzaddik, which the tzaddik brings to us via garments in order to reveal Hashem's kindness and goodness in the world. This is the concept of wool, which the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us that tzemer, wool, white wool, originates from 
the level of holiness, the spiritual level of holiness that's referred to Kaviochal as the beard, the white beard. The, 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 I believe the Gemara says that Hashem appeared to the Jews on Har Sinai as a zokein mole rachmin, as an old man full of kindness. And again, the whiteness of the beard represents old age mellowing, a person mellowing, becoming softer, more kind. Us, as the Pesach says, min hameitzar korosiko, from my constriction, from my sense, I call out to Hashem. And the Arizal says that Meitzar is the letter Semer. Semer is the opposite of this constriction, that through, by crying out to Hashem for my Meitzar, I'm trying to reach up to the highest, highest places, to this Semer, to this whiteness. Hainu, the, the tzaddikim, their most important work is to bring everyone close to Hashem. Even those people who are very far. To bring all of them close to Hashem. Because that's the real greatness and honor and respect for Hashem when people who are originally far are able to come close. And the ability of these tzaddikim to bring people who are very far from Hashem, to bring them close, is is based on the ability of the tzaddikim to recognize the great kindness and goodness of Hashem, which is above everything. The tzaddikim are the ones who draw Hashem's kindness and goodness to everybody. And they inform everybody, they enlighten everybody that there's hope for everyone to be able to come close to Hashem. Because no matter how bad the person is, no matter how many things the person has done wrong, Hashem's kindness and goodness is still available to them. Because Hashem's kindness is infinite, unending. It's everywhere. Now remember, this isn't a license to commit sins. Rabbi Nelson is saying, so therefore do whatever you want because Hashem is kind. He's not saying that. And any people who want to try to misquote Breslov, to say Breslov, as long as you're close to the tzaddik, you can do whatever you want. They're full of baloney. They haven't really studied these forum properly. That's not what it's saying at all. It's saying to those people who already have done terrible things, those people who are in a place where they have committed many sins, and those rabbis tell those people, you're garbage, you're junk, you're nothing. To that, Rabbi Nezal and Rabbi Nelson Zal are saying, no Jew is garbage. And no matter how much bad a Jew has committed, there's still hope. 
they can still do tshuva. And if they're privileged to come close to tzaddikim, the tzaddikim will show them exactly how to do tshuva. And the tzaddikim are the ones who understand the greatness of Hashem and Hashem's kindness more than anybody else. And this is the concept that the Sifrei Kabbalah speak about, the 13, 13 tikunim of the beard. Which is another way of referring to Hashem's 13 attributes of kindness, as is known throughout the Sifrei Kabbalah. And this is the concept of wool, which the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us that wool corresponds to Shehim Bechinas Tikune Dikna. Wool corresponds to the Tikunim of the beard. Hainu Shehat Sadikim Mamshikim Oyer Hagovoya Moi. The Tzadikim are able to reach up and bring down a very high level of light. The light of Hashem's 13 attributes of kindness. Within those 13 attributes of kindness is included all aspects, all facets of Hashem's infinite kindness for everyone. And because these tzaddikim achieve so high a level of knowledge and understanding, the tzaddikim know how to take that infinite, infinite light and cloak it and dress it and shrink it and make it available in, in the form of garments in order to teach to teach Torah, to give das, even to those people who are very, very far. In order to bring all of them close to Hashem. And these garments, they are represented by garments of white wool, which come from those from the Tikkun Dikna, from that very, very high place. We'll hold it over here for now, even though we're in the middle of a paragraph. We're up to the words, Rav Nelson is going to clarify very much so the, the topic we're speaking about here. Any questions? Morning, Rav Nassim. Quick question. Mm-hmm. I'm having a difficulty understanding tikkun. We learn a lot here about tikkun, but when I wake up, if Khalil the bathroom has a flood, or the car doesn't work, or there's a flat tire, there's tikkun to be done. But it seems like tikkun could be uh, like a little bit of yisurim. Uh, I'm I'm not really understanding. I mean, can you help me understand proper hashkafa on Tikkun, the whole life is a tikkun. Fixing your bathroom is a tikkun? The, the, the answer is the word tikkun means repair. It means repair. Sometimes it means perfection. And, and the Torah teaches us that there are several different ways that a person can achieve tikkun. The Torah advises that if a person will put all of their efforts 
into Torah and Tfilah, into serving Hashem, then they'll remove from themselves a lot of the suffering and stress in the in the physical world. The, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Ovo is kol hamekabel olav, oil, oil Torah. The person removes from themselves the oil malchus and the oil derech eretz. They remove from themselves any stress and subjugation that comes from the king, taxes, IRS, masach nasa, all kinds of all, all kinds of again financial expenses and stress that comes and oil derech eretz and the struggle of living in the in the materialistic world. There's a passage that says Adam Amal yulad. Man was created, was was born to work, to toil. And the Gemara says, Fortunate is the person who puts as much effort as they can into learning Torah, into davening, into doing mitzvahs, and thereby save themselves a lot of the effort and struggle and toil in the materialistic world. Does that mean a tzaddik's toilet will never break? Does that mean <clears throat> his car will never get a flat tire? The answer is, we we don't know all of Hashem Cheshbonis. We know that the Torah teaches us that this is the way, this is the best way to live. This is the way that a person can, can have the best type of life you know, in this world. Question in the chat. Will the person occupying themselves with Torah remove from themselves the actual troubles or just they'll suffer less while those troubles still occur? The answer is both. Both are true. Sometimes it'll actually save a person from trouble that the person was, was, was supposed to have. And, and, and the more Torah a person learns, the more a person studies Torah and Tefillah, the better they can handle all the struggles in this world. It doesn't get them upset. It doesn't get them depressed. It doesn't get them angry. They're able to, to, to handle all of these struggles in this world with joy and happiness. Wishing everybody a wonderful day. Should be to see all of Hashem's Yeshua's Hashem should shine upon us the the knowledge of Hashem's kindness and the actual kindness of Hashem. Be to the complete and final Gula Shleimah Amen.